Now you're organized, you know what zone you're in, and you're ready to go. It's time to plant that fall garden. Action! To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds. And must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens the Movie, a story about two families growing their first gardens in a world that lacks nutrition. I'm your host and director, Ben Neville. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about when to plant your fall garden and where. So if you've got your zone and you've figured out when your last, excuse me, when your first frost of the year is, you can now start to do a little bit of slight calculations about when you should plant. So if you're going to start by seed in your garden, a direct sow is what it's called, you want to go 12 to 14 weeks before your killing frost, your first killing frost. And that would include your parsnips, rutabagas, cilantro, lettuce, and radishes. If you're going to do cabbages, you can start them indoors And then set out the seedlings as fast as you can. And it depends on what zone you're in. So some places have a really long fall and some places have a really short fall. For instance, where I live, the fall lasts, it seems like months. But when I lived in New England, the fall at times could literally be three weeks. So it's important to do this calculation and try and figure out 12 to 14 weeks before your first killing frost. And you can start seeds inside if you'd like, but the way I look at it is we're already growing outside. So let's try and keep everything outside as much as possible because growing, starting seeds indoors is great for the wintertime, but in in the spring, in the summer and early fall, it's kind of tough for me because it does get a little, it does create a little bit of clutter inside of your house. And I want to try and keep that down to a minimum. So we try to go by, um, we, we try to direct. sow outside if we're going to do that. And if you're going to do your lettuces at this time, then you sow them 14 weeks before your first killing frost. And then in two weeks you sow the lettuce again. And then two weeks later you do it again. So on and so forth. So you can keep a crop going at all times. So the idea is once your lettuce grows, you can cut it, but then you already have another batch waiting to be cut again. So it's just a a little tip for you to try and keep your garden going active and keep producing as long as possible into the year. And then 10 to 12 weeks before your first killing frost, you can set things out like Brussels sprouts, broccoli and cabbage and cauliflower and kale. And you can also direct sow fast-growing warm-weather plants. So you could do some fast-maturing peas, and if you had some kind of potato or something that would grow fast, you could plant that as well because that'll give it time to mature and get you a nice bumper crop to finish off the year. So like this year, I pulled out my cucumbers, and I'm thinking that what I'm going to end up doing is putting more green beans in because I want to store those away for the winter. But it's important to think at this point, you can grab um, bedding plants from your uh, from your local store. And that's what I personally do because at this point of the year, I'm starting to get tired 
gardening is not really hard for me to do, but it gets to be time consuming at some times, especially when I'm harvesting a lot. So like yesterday I went out and I thought, oh, I'm going to have a couple green beans. Next thing you know, I had three pounds of green beans in my basket and that takes a lot of time. So it just adds on to my day a little bit. So I opt to go for these bedding plants and this is about 10 to 12 weeks before you're killing frost because the seeds have already germinated and they're at a healthy height. So they're easier to put out and they'll, you know, the hard work's been done for you already, essentially. Not that they're super easy to take care of because you still have to deal with the heat of the summer that's left over. So keeping them watered and keeping them cool is kind of is a trick, but starting it from seed can make it just as hard, if not harder. And then eight to 10 weeks before you're killing frost, you can do something like arugula, um, certain kinds of cabbages and you're, cabbages, and you're going to do more lettuce, spinach now, and other Asian type greens. But this is, remember, every two weeks, you're still going to be sowing your lettuces. So that that's going to go in for all of these. So we won't keep saying lettuce, but you'll know that the lettuce and um, that lettuce is included in all these lists. So there's more seed that you can direct sow. And then six to eight weeks before you're killing frost, this is when things get kind of dire in your amount of time you have to grow. So you have you can make your final sowing of spinach and really winter hardy crops you can do too. But And then one more sowing of lettuce at this point. And you might want to put that under a protective tunnel or frame depending on where you live. So, you know, if your frost come and then... You know, once you get a frost, it just stays cold. Then you might want to build a protective frame or a cover over that. And we'll go into that more in depth in a different episode, probably two episodes from now, I'm thinking. So that's another option for you to do. And that will just expand your growing season by a little bit to help keep that frost off. Because at this point, you're probably going to get a frost within a couple, you know, eight weeks. And then once that frost comes, the problem is the frost will come and it'll kill the plant. But then it might be 32 one night and then the next night it might be 50 and that could go on like that for a while. So keeping that frost off at first will help that continue to grow. So that's something to keep in mind if you really wanted to get, if you felt ambitious and wanted to keep going. I personally have not done a tunnel or a cold frame yet. I I take that back. I did do one. And it worked okay, but I was in the wrong, what I feel was the wrong climate and I was doing it wrong at the time. So it's another one of those trial and error things. And then on your, on or around your killing frost date, you should start to put in garlic and shallots. So garlic is great because it needs to get cold for the winter. And then in the spring, it'll start to grow. And it's one of those things where garlic isn't that expensive And remember, I told you, like, I grow to supplement my grocery bill. So garlic's really cheap, but at the same time, you put it out in the wintertime and you just let it grow and then you dig up the bulb in the spring, early summer. So that is a benefit to me because it's not really taking up too much space because by the time I take it out, I still have plenty of time to put something else in its place. So that's a good option for you too. And if you've never had homegrown garlic, it's way more flavorful than what you would buy at the store. So just keep that in mind when you're as you're going through 
just to recap, 12 to 14 weeks before you're killing frost, you're going to start direct sowing some vegetables for winter and then some of your warm season vegetables that you have that are fast growing. And then you just keep setting out every 10 to 12 weeks before your frost, your broccolis, your bedding plants, stuff like that. Eight to 10 weeks, more lettuce, radishes, Asian greens, and then your final sowing of spinach, which can get pretty cold, would be six to eight weeks before you're killing frost. Now, one of my favorite vegetables to grow is snow peas because they're the first things you can grow in the wintertime or early spring, however you want to phrase it. And then it can get really cold, but it doesn't last very long. So, you know, once it starts to get real warm, it'll stop producing. So that's kind of, that's my favorite. And I want to try and grow it in the fall because most things, you know, you grow your lettuce in the spring, you can grow your lettuce in the fall. That's something that I want to try this year. I haven't been successful with it yet, but I keep trying every year because what's it cost me? Just a couple seeds. And I save my seeds from the spring. Well, I saved some of my seeds from the spring and then I add some seeds left over from spring to see, you know, if the ones that I save are going to grow or what, what my problem is. So this last year I didn't have much luck, but we had a hurricane and it kind of wiped our garden out. So there really wasn't much time to do anything. So this year I'm going to try again and I'll keep you updated on that process. So you want to get the most out of your fall garden that you can. And so generally speaking, like when you plant tomatoes and stuff like that, you're going to plant 18 inches apart roughly because they get big and bushy, but your lettuces, they don't grow like that. So if you're growing like a leafy lettuce, like a romaine or something like that, then it's great to grow because it doesn't take up a lot of space and you can put more lettuces in one area than you can say tomato plants or something like that. So you don't have to go your 18 inches apart and you don't like my beds are four feet wide. So usually what I do is I plant one row on, on one edge and then something else on the other because I found that spacing my plants, I actually get more produce out of each plant. But with lettuce, you can get in that same area, you can get three or four rows because they can be closer together. So it just means more and more plants. So something like broccoli, which is kind of big, you know, as it grows, the leaves come out and take up a lot of space. I might try and fit in Usually I did in the past, I've done two rows, but I think I actually have space with a four foot wide garden to go three rows. So I'm going to try that this year and it's just a test. And if some of them look like they're suffering, there's not enough space, I'll pull one of them up. Kind of hurts my feelings to do that, but it's something that I feel needs to be done because the tighter you have all of your vegetables, if you don't have them spaced quite right, they lose production. They try and outcompete each other. So and you want to grow things that grow over and over and over again. So like broccoli, you grow and you get your main head and then you cut it and then you'll get little offshoots off of it. You won't necessarily get the same big head of broccoli that you had before, but you'll continue to get little offshoots that you can harvest. Same with lettuce. Like you can grow a head of lettuce and then you'll get one head of lettuce. But if you grow romaine, you can go through and cut the outer leaves as you need them and then leave the middle leaves to continue to grow. And as you come back to them, those inner leaves will now be on the outside and you can continue to go in that pattern. So by having 
three, I don't know how much salad you eat, but we eat a fair amount of salad in our house. So being able to harvest multiple at a time is helpful because we don't have to completely harvest that vegetable and cut it down. We can just pick from it. Same with spinach versus cabbage, which is a head. So, you know, kale is another one. If you like kale, that's a good one to grow too, because it's the same idea. You just harvest the leaves as you need them. You don't have to keep harvesting over. You don't have to keep cutting it down and then regrowing it because at some point it's not very useful because you took all that time to grow that seed and then you cut it and you're done. Now, cabbage, on the other hand, that's a little bit different because you get a lot out of a head of cabbage and it lasts a lot longer than a head of lettuce or lettuce leaves itself. So keep that in mind as you decide what you want to plant and where you want to plant it. So it's early in the in the season to replant now. So where are we going to where are we going to start planting? Well, you might have some vegetables that are some plants that are not quite done yet, but they're getting close. So instead of pulling them up because it's so early, you can plant in between them. So that'll do a couple things. One, you'll continue to get your harvest off your other vegetable while this one grows. And the second thing is as long as it doesn't get too shaded, it'll actually help keep it cooler and the water will last in the soil a little bit longer for it. And it'll give it time to get set in and get, get comfortable where it is. Because if you put them out in this and you get harsh sun, then it could be an issue where you would get some kind of sunburn or something like that on it. And some, these are cool season vegetables. So this really hot weather, like we're having like today, it's 97 degrees and I set out cabbage and cauliflower or, or uh, broccoli yesterday. So it's, it's good for it to get a little bit of shade and keep it a little cooler. And then mulching is a good thing to do too, because it does the same idea. You just mulch around and then it'll keep the soil cool, which keeps roots cool and then holds the water in better. So the only problem is, is mulching, especially with like an organic material is good places for pests to hide. So something like snails or slugs or anything like that, they could actually hide inside of the mulch during the day. And then as each plant, as each summer plant dies, which I'll, warm season or summer plant, however you want to call it, you can cut that plant down and then add more in. So if I wanted to plant lettuce in between my uh, tomatoes, that's a good thing to do because the tomatoes aren't going to last forever. For me, they're not. A lot of them are sunburnt now and they're kind of getting weak. So I can put my, t my lettuce in between them and then once that starts to grow, I can cut my tomato and then put it in there. So I'm not really ever giving up time where my bed is not producing anything. So that's something we want to do. If you have an issue with something like slugs, you can make slug traps. Um, I'll remind you of this again in the spring, but slugs will come out at night and they will eat your vegetables. You know, they eat a lot of the leafy greens and stuff like that. And the one issue I have with slugs is they're kind of gross. So if you set, if you take like a piece of a two by four and you set on the ground next to it and during the day, they'll try and go under that two by four. So you can come out and pick them off and get rid of them. However you see fit to do that. So that kind of is one of those things where you just set a little trap, they get attracted to it and they go in. A lot of other people will put, um, a container of beer in their garden 
and it'll attract them and they'll go into the container of beer and drown, which I've tried before and honestly haven't had the best of luck with. And the other problem is, is I forget about the container of beer and as I water, it just gets watered down and becomes a nasty mess. So I generally stick to the, the, uh, the board trap method that I call is what I call it. So that's something for you to do. And you just go out during the day, lift it up and check. And if there's anything under there, you can take care of it. Salt. If you don't want to squish them, salt is a good thing to put on because it desiccates them. So you can try that too. Once you flip over that board, cause squishing slugs is kind of gross and they're all slimy and ugh, just not pleasant for me personally. So essentially your fall plants and your spring plants can be the same. But what I like to do is take the time in the fall to try something new that I might want to do for next spring. So for instance, a couple years ago, I tried chard for the first time, like a rainbow chard to be exact, and I enjoyed it. I mean, a lot of these greens are the same thing, but if you keep growing them, you have, you have more abundance of them. So you can experiment more with them. You can try different things. So for instance, this chard, I got it. And I mean, I don't have the best palate in the world. I'm not, I don't consider myself a foodie. I mean, I definitely like to eat, but I don't consider myself somebody who's like, you can taste something and be like, Hmm, raspberry with a hint of lime and some muscadine grape or anything like that. You know, I just try with like, for instance, with the chard, I take the chard and I ate it raw and then I sauteed it and then I tried to grill it, which was kind of weird, but you know, if you, if you grill it real fast, it'll work. And then you can try it in different recipes. The stem on the rainbow chard is red and yellow. So it adds a little bit of color to your salad. I mean, I eat a lot of salad, but I also get tired of eating a lot of salad. So having something that's different will help that stand out and at least visually appealing but you know arugula it looks a lot like baby lettuce but it has a more peppery flavor which i don't really care for but i'm going to try to grow it again this year just because why not i have the space the seeds aren't that much it's i've already got room and maybe my family will like it you know the more that we can grow and the more fruits and vegetables that we try the better off we are you never know what you're going to like so I typically use fall to test things out. And then if I like it in the spring, I'll plant it again. And plus it's fresh in my mind. And once you get these going too, if you want, you can take and you can write down in your notebook where you grew your fall crops. So you're continuing to keep this organized constantly and staying on top of it. And then that way you don't plant on top of anything else. So today's recipe is going to be for a salad dressing because most of which you're going to be growing in the fall is going to be salad type vegetables. So we're going to talk about a cilantro salad dressing. In my opinion, cilantro is one of those can be an overused and an underappreciated herb. So I when like when I told you about the basil recipe, no, um, excuse me, not the basil recipe. The, the uh, salsa recipe is use what you feel that your, your palate can take. You know, it can be 
kind of a strong herb sometimes. And this helps balance that out. It's a pretty good recipe. So the ingredients are a quarter cup of buttermilk, a quarter cup of fat-free mayonnaise, a little bit of uh, hot sauce, whatever hot sauce you want, a quarter teaspoon of salt, a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder, an eighth of a teaspoon of sugar, and a half a cup of fresh cilantro. So you can grow cilantro right now because it's a cool weather crop, which I don't really understand because in my mind, cilantro goes with Mexican food. And that could be wrong, but that's just what sticks out in my head. And last time I went to Mexico, it was pretty warm. So I don't really understand that, but that's okay. It's still, I enjoy it. And the simple thing is you put it all in a blender and you blend it together and you process it until it's done nice and creamy. So it's not that complicated. Um, I don't like mayonnaise, so I've used sour cream and you know, you can use fat free sour cream. You can use, um, vegetarian stuff. I know some people that have used tofu instead of the mayonnaise. So that's up to you. And then the buttermilk, if you wanted to try and switch out milk for it or an almond milk, I mean, you could try that too. It, it makes it, um, I'm not sure how it would change the flavor cause I haven't done it, but I have done stuff like that before and I don't really use buttermilk that much, but, and then it says here to use a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder. But if I had garlic from my garden, which I didn't grow any last year because I forgot and we had the hurricane, but I would use my fresh garlic instead of the garlic powder. So you can continue to find different ways to use this stuff. You don't just have to saute garlic all the time. You can use it in different ways. So try this. Try this cilantro salad dressing and let us know what you like. So let us know what you're going to do in your garden. Now that you've organized, now that you've taken your pictures, you've cleaned it, you've gotten it ready, you figured out what you're going to plant, let us know what you're going to try new in your garden this fall. You know, do you usually not have a garden in the fall? Because a lot of people just let their summer garden just go to waste and then they call it good, but there's a whole nother season we can grow in. So what do you usually do and what are you going to do? So if you have any questions or want to know what we've been up to, you can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. It's Backyard Gardens, the movie. And on Facebook, we also have a group. It's called Backyard Gardens. We have a website, backyardgardensthemovie.com. You can sign up there for an email to get updates about production and release dates for our movie. And give us a like and a review on iTunes or in your favorite services because it'll really help us reach more people because we want to help everybody learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.